0: What an exciting episode we have for you this week. So we have Hannah and George from Dugard Property, a property sourcing company primarily based in Wales. If you haven't heard of them, um, check them out do fantastic stuff in the sourcing world they've scaled a successful sourcing business and they also have scaled their own portfolio everything from buy refurbished with finance all the way through to rent to service accommodation now if you want to get some uh, tips and tricks on how to scale a successful property sourcing company then listen in because this is the episode for you
1: Welcome to a whole load of property, business, and mindset, a podcast bringing together like-minded people who have an interest in all things business, property investing, and personal development, no matter what stage of your journey you're at. And now, here's your
2: host, Dan Cooper.
0: George, Hannah, thanks for coming on. Um, really appreciate your time today. I know you've had a mad one coming back from from the Isle of Wight this morning. I won't go into too much detail of what else happened, but <laughs> I say I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah,
2: on. thanks
0: for having us on. So, just for the benefit of people who may not know you, which uh, you know, I suppose in the property space is very few, but people who listen to this podcast. You know, local business people, um, people who sort of focus on mindset as well. So, just for the benefit of uh, for the listeners, introduce yourself. So, Hannah, ladies first.
1: Hi. Yeah, so I'm Hannah. I'm one half of Dugard Property.
2: Yeah, I'm George, the other half of Dugard Property. So, that's that's us, really. Um, in terms of introducing the, the Dugard Property brand, um, we predominantly uh, work in the deal sourcing field. We have a deal sourcing company. We build um, our own portfolio through the, the buy, refurbish, refinance model, but also have Different exits, such as flip exits, as well, that work um, in the same sort of deal. Um, we have our own rent-to-rent portfolio, um, uh, specifically rent-to-service accommodation, um, and that's pretty much us in a nutshell. We do a few—well, I say a few. We've got five flat conversions going on in in Cardiff at moment at the moment as well. So we're we're sort of uh, creeping into the development field as well. So that's uh, Hannah and George and Dugar property in a nutshell. Yeah,
0: pretty busy then. Um, not taking it lightly. So, when when did you guys start? I remember seeing them um, I say seeing you come up the ranks. That's probably not the right term, but like you know, first starting out um, doing the social media. Mm-hmm. I remember George, you did a video ages ago. You know, it wasn't one of your strongest points, was it? You was a bit like I remember you saying getting out of your comfort zone. Um, now, obviously, it seems completely natural what you're doing. Um, so how, how yeah. have you have you found that like the transition? Obviously, where you, where you first started, and then obviously to where you, to where you are now.
2: I think you're uh, referring to the video where I said about my anxiety back in the past, and uh, putting myself out of my comfort zone and becoming confident in certain situations. Is it that one?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think it's quite a while ago. I don't know. It just I just remembered it now. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, I feel like. I did. I, I used to be a very anxious person in certain situations, especially on podcasts, on you know, even meeting clients and things like that. But I feel like you have to sort of get comfortable being uncomfortable, if you know what I mean. I think that's yeah, the saying yeah. that, that, that gets thrown around quite a lot, but it's so true. Um, and I've read a lot of books that have also changed my mindset about things. So, you know, rather than think, well, you know, all the really bad things, it's you replace those thoughts with things like, look, what's the worst that can happen? Like, um, And you start to just relax in those situations. Um, so, yeah, I think I've become a lot more confident in in a lot of things, you know, um, especially on in client meetings. I do all my client meetings by myself now. Um, but to begin with, yeah, it was uh, it was quite daunting right at the beginning, um, considering my social anxiety and stuff. But yeah, I think that answers your question.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate, like, you know, especially the property industry. If you haven't been in property, even when I first started out walking into a room, like I would say I'm quite a confident person anyway, but going into a room, I remember saying, yeah, I'm a deal source. And they're like, have you sourced any deals? You're like, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You feel you feel, <laughs> you feel like an absolute fraud, but you've got to go out there, like you say, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um Obviously, it's re- you've reaped rewards of both of you. I mean, like I said, you've, what was it? Rent-to-rent, BRR, flips, essays, developments. When did you start? How many years has, has this been? And have you always been full-time?
1: So we opened Google Property in June of 2019. So prior to this, I had zero um, background in property. For me, a house was kind of four walls and, and that was it. That was all to it. Um, I've always been in IT or was always in IT, George and I met um, when we were both traveling. So George is from the Isle of Wight. I'm from just north of Cardiff. Um, So we did long distance for a while. And I think a year in, it kind of all lined up quite naturally, didn't it? But George's background's in um, law, but actually when he was traveling, he went into operations and when he came back, went into plastering and rendering. So George was more hands-on and had more experience from that perspective. And he was plastering on the Isle of Wight when the guy he was working with was going to was it Canada yeah. for a few months. And um, George and I had been toying with opening a business for ages, and we were trying to find out what was going to be the right one for us. We came up with so many different ideas, and property is the one that stuck. Um, so we kind of just said, well, you're kind of not in employment at the moment. Now is the best time, if anything. You're moving to Wales anyway. Why don't you move and let's open the business and see how we get on. And if it doesn't work, then get another job. And if it works, then great. So George was full time from the very beginning. And luckily for us, it worked. Uh, I think we've been on the steepest learning curve ever. I was an account manager at the time for um, an IT company, but I was actually still doing my degree as well. So I didn't actually leave. I didn't make the leap until january 21 mm-hmm. yeah 2021 we were holding on to it as a bit of a safety blanket we wanted yeah. to make sure we got our our home first got our mortgage got what we wanted before we took you know and this is the thing people forget if people are so quick to like leave their job and i'm like but you need an income if you want to buy yeah. a property you need to pass reference in, and you need if you want to buy even your own residential you need to pass certain checks so we always mm. always say to slow that bit down but yeah a year we we'd had a va i'd left in january 2021 and ever since then we've hired a further three full-time uk staff and we've got um a new job ad out in addition for an additional role now as well actually we've hired another person
2: yeah and and we've got someone who's going to be managing the full company for us yeah. yeah so yeah we've We've, um, yeah, we've slowly hired. Um, we haven't hired at a massively fast pace, but we've hired at stages where we think we've had to take real sensible decisions um, and try and, you know, cut back where we can sort of things to make, the, you know, the business mm. profitable. So, yeah, yeah we, we, that's sort of where we're at now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we bought our first property in the summer of 2020. So we did a year of sourcing first because the, the reason we grew into sourcing was to build capital to invest. Yeah. Um. So we did sourcing for a year. Then we started investing ourselves and it's kind of just gone crazy since.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I've, I've watched from a distance, I guess, um, see, seeing what you've been doing. And like I say, you have grown and I mean, three, four, well, is it four staff or three? Because you said you had someone else coming in as well.
1: Yeah. So we've got four full-time, full full full-timers now with um, a VA on the side and a new job rollout at the moment. So there'll be yeah six of them in total
2: yeah
0: six, six eight of us eight in total, total. yeah yeah, yeah. Bloody <clears> crazy growth then and uh how did you find being full-time like like you said hannah um well, i went full-time in in october but it's quite important like you say people do forget about the actual mm-hmm. you know, main things in life whether they want a mortgage or not yeah you got you know the affordability for the mortgage uh, my wife she was a bit dubious like we actually just moved just before i went full-time so luckily obviously we had our second mortgage we, we sold our old house and, and moved on a new one but it's like life costs and when things crop up, you rely on the business income, don't you, mm-hmm. on on that. So you need to be you know, profitable or at least making some good income um, in order to be able to do that. Even on rent-to-rents, people forget your affordability. You still need to have a, an affordability of 30 times you, um, mm-hmm. the monthly rent, which obviously having no salary um, is, is a key point as well. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the sourcing, then, what properties do you source? Is it just the BRR? Is it you know, doing what? doing what you do or do you source across all strategies?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when we first began, we wanted to do everything and anything and in every location, but the key thing for us is focusing and having a strategy. So we are South Wales based. Um, We do have the odd thing outside of South Wales, but that's where we actively source. Buy to let's our main strategy Um, using the buy refurbatory finance um, method is what our investors are after so that's what we've grown our business on we've always we'll always stick to strategies that george and i are investing in at the same time so you know we want to make sure we've done it a few times so we've we've just started doing flat conversions as george has mentioned so you know over time now as we start doing more of them we'll probably start to source them as well it just makes sense yeah um, yeah at the moment it's the buy to lets isn't it whether it's buy finance or
2: flips yeah and then we've ju- we've taken on about three or four months ago we'd t- I think it is now. We yeah. took on um, Grace, who is our rent-to-service accommodation specialist, and she sources rent-to-service accommodation deals as well.
0: Okay, fantastic. So you've got your rent-to-service accommodation. The conversion you do—what is it? A pub that you're converting into five flats? Is it an office? So we we've got we've got um,
2: a few things really. We've got one in Cardiff, which is currently an accountancy firm, and that's being converted to three flats no three two bed flats on one one bed by mm-hmm. an extension um we've and then all the others are just houses just big houses um that are being converted into multiple units one of them is being converted into four two beds and then we're building a coach house down the bottom of the garden because it's got a lot of space um One of them is current, well, was an eight bed HMO, which we've converted into two, two beds and a one bed. And the others are just how big houses that we've converted into multiple units, basically just, just adding that value through conversion.
0: Yeah. And I suppose a lot of people um, entry level don't sort of see them opportunities today because it's probably a bit big and scary for them. Um, Do you find that like once you source your first few properties, do your first few refurbs, they all sort of become samey, not samey, but like, you know, you're not as scared to do the next one. I, I remember the first flip I did, I, I was, um, I'd i never taken down a wall, you know, got calcs and put a steel in or anything like that. And I was nervous of fucking doing that. Yeah. And now now we're we're similar, to, well, not similar to you guys, but we're doing a, an office conversion as well. So first property bought, same year, 2020, going from a couple of buy-to-lets to now doing office um, to residential conversion. So what I'm trying to say here is that a lot of people who actively go out there and work their arse off, you know, they will reap the rewards and will be able to scale. Um, obviously, you guys are evident, evidence for that. So you touched on earlier as well, training, and I speak to some people about training because it's one of these big um, sort of elephants in the room, isn't it? Training. I've undergone um, a mentorship in 2020. Did I get as much value out of it as I could have done? Probably not because the world went mad and couldn't do face-to-face meetings and things like that. But what I found is the people within the mentorship and the training you'd probably get a lot of value from. Do you mind sharing what sort of training you've, you've done, whether it's property related or business related?
2: Yeah. So from at the beginning of our journey, we didn't do any training. The only training we did was free courses, um, to give us the sort of foundations. And then we went, um, and did our own education through YouTube videos, podcasts, books, uh, networking, all that sort of thing. Um, so we were self-taught up to a certain point. We did we have done some training on commercial to residential, which was a course. Um, however, we really haven't implemented that very much. we 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 were going to start going down that field, but we got um quickly dragged back to life because um can't you much. can't do too much and yeah. you have to stay focused and that's something that we learn at a certain point and was like mm. no let's just not go down that field it's, it's, it's good we're gonna open a, a new can of worms so um on top of that we've uh we've got mentorship at the moment um and it's absolutely amazing mm. um it's it's kept us very very focused and i feel i i i'm advocate all the time the fact that as soon as you stay focused and stay on what on the certain things that you think are the most profitable that you're the best at and that you want to do. That's when you see the proper results. Um, I mean, you can go to all these different property courses, um, and, you know, get shiny penny syndrome. Cause you saw how Bob got a million from this in a year and you suddenly want to jump to that, but you know, it, 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 you really do need to stay focused on what you're doing and become a master of that rather than being a jack of all trades. Um, so yeah, that the the course that we're on at the moment is brilliant it's it's awesome it's it's a course sort of mentorship it's like a year sort of course mentorship and and it's really really great and the fact that it helps you so much with the the property side of things and the education which really we didn't need too much of but it always helps Mm. yeah of course um and then on top and it gives you different ideas as well especially when you're chatting with the people within the group and stuff and springs new ideas and stuff but um the 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 mental health side of it and the focus side of it and 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 all that side of things they've got like two different sides to the mentorship and that side really really helped us um and
1: just having someone as a soundboard isn't it the i mean when you start going into business i mean Oh, and George's dad's got some rentals but they're not in property and they're not running their own businesses so you can complain all day long to them and talk them through your challenges and there's not really much that they can relate to to help with and with us two we're we'll rile each other up so like if we're bored one day we'll go off on massive tangents you know let's start building houses let's start doing this then we'll get super excited and then we'll have a call with our mentor and she's like but I thought you wanted more time I thought you wanted you know to to work smart and not be more busy so why aren't you staying focus? and we're like yeah good point okay <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> she pulls you back down to she pulls
1: earth us back down which we need because we get we massively all excited yeah. all the time every
2: day we've got a new idea
0: yeah <laughs> and I, I think you can because property and business is so so varied isn't it like I'm the same and like you say, I think focus is is key. When I first started Shiny Penny, I was like, right, well, I'm sourcing. What am I going to source? Fucking everything. Like, literally, like that, yeah. literally, yeah, buy to let, rent to rent, you know, all money out. Yeah, fuck it. I'll give them, I'll get one yeah. of them. You know? And I just think <laughs> Any like.
1: Any volume of bridging finance? Yeah, I can still do it. It's fine. Don't yeah, worry. exactly. Yeah, no worries.
0: <laughs> what? You want 40 flats? done. Um, <laughs> but like, and it weren't until I sat down with someone who was way ahead of me and was like, look, you know. You need to focus on what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I was similar to you. Like I wanted to um, get into property investing, but I, I didn't have the capital. So I thought I'll source and I'll use that. Fortunately, I met my business partner through sourcing. Um, and obviously we, we, we've done it that way. But if I didn't just focus on buy-to-lets and what I wanted to achieve, then, you know, we wouldn't be doing that. And now and just still source buy-to-lets, basically BRR, flips, yeah. um, at the minute, I'm. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm. I'm not getting as many BRRs as I was last year because the market's gone mad. I don't know how it is in South Wales. Um, I, yeah. I just was okay. I went to a viewing the other day. Offers over 80k. I put in. I said, "Yeah, 81k cash offer." Um, it was like, "Oh no, you've been pip loads. You've been smashed."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of the offers, like even just tracking the auctions, there's some crazy buyers. But we were we were having this conversation. We were out for food with some friends the other night. And um, there was a few estate agents there, and they were saying the same thing. They were like, "Since auctions have gone to online, then you don't physically need to be in the room anymore. Anyone can just log on and bid." And you know, there's there's people in London who will see a house in the valley for 70k and think bargain. Like I'll I'll just buy that, and they'll just keep bidding, not realizing there's a ceiling price. And yeah, yeah, said, didn't he? Mm. It was a property that sold at auction. Someone bought it for one two eight, and then walked into the estate agents and said, right. When I do it, up, how much is it going to sell for? And they were like one thirty. You've paid way over what yeah. you should. Have done. And then it's like no one's thinking of these things.
0: Hmm. No, and I'm just hoping that um, you know they've all probably paid for it, all, all going through their mortgages now. You know they've refurbished, all, all applying for finance, and you all get stung. And then they yeah. realise that they, they they need people like us to actually go and do yeah. it for them to make to make them some money. So fingers crossed, it dies down a bit. But it is it is crazy out there. Um, I wanna to touch on the dynamic between you two. Um obviously you're getting married this year, like I said off there. Congratulations on that. Um it will fully be Dugard property. Both are you sharing the name?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah you are? Okay. It could have been an awkward question, that couldn't it really? <laughs>
2: that's how I managed to get the name Dugar property. Cause Hannah said, well, you're going to have to marry me then oh, I right. didn't propose. <laughs> Wait
1: there, that was the, you made it sound like I proposed. I didn't,
0: One One and everything, Hannah, yeah.
1: business, I was like, we can have do because It sounds good. As long as you propose. And then he did a few months later. So it was
0: fine. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, obviously you met, you met traveling. Where, where did you meet? Malaysia. Malaysia. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, I met my wife in Australia, to be fair. So you're like me, George. We we up sticks from the south and and moved a bit further up north. Yeah. Yeah. Pays off though, doesn't it, I guess, following girls around the country. Um, So what's the dynamic like in terms of you know, George and, and yourself, Hannah. Who who takes care of what? Who's the people person? Who deals with all, you know, hiring and firing, and who deals with the day to day operations? Was it shared?
1: This something we actually really struggled with to begin with, because when we started the business, it was like we both wanted to do everything, and even though we'd been together for a while, we didn't really know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So it was trial and error, and it was so frustrating to begin with, mm. wasn't it? Like I, I'm quite quick on computers. And then, like, watching George type a document, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to kill him. I was like, this is so painful. And then, but then, like, on the flip side, George B trying to question me on how much is a refurb? And he was like, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've we managed to fit quite nicely into our role. So I'd say, George, you manage the team a lot more because they are primarily all sources mm-hmm. and you run the source in arm. Um, everything goes through George. He'll review everything. He, trains the team in the sourcing so you're definitely more hands-on in that sense and with the builders yeah yeah whereas i'm kind of more focused on um systems processes hr finances and then our property so raising the finance and um, all the legal side so i'd say i'm more business potentially more back-end apart from our private investors and you yeah,
2: yeah more managing of the more team, team sourcing and-, and
0: marketing really I suppose it's a good split because it would be awkward if you're both really good at the same thing. Yeah. And then obviously no, all the other stuff.
2: Well. It did work out quite well. It just, like, sort of fell into place, though. Like, it, um. We, you know, we didn't, we did, we didn't know our skills, and it just suddenly just like went well. Yeah. I don't know, I don't yeah. know, You know, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, it did, it did just fall into place, and we got completely different skill sets, and it's worked well because we're both good at the uh, different and things. very
1: different personalities as well, which was fun to begin with because I'm a bit of a spender, and I'll take just a like rinse. my
0: wife, bloody hell, <laughs> it must be a girl <laughs> thing,
1: and I'm quite impulsive. I'm just a bit like what's the worst that can happen where George is very analytical Mm. and yeah, you're, you're, well, you, you like to spend a bit more now, but.
0: I suppose you meet in the middle though on that, like, for example, you know, it pulls it together and you have a rationale behind obviously when you're purchasing and doing things like that. Um, Sometimes you need a bit of the impulse because if you don't act quick enough, you're going to miss out. So I suppose it's a, you know, a good weight in Mm -hmm. 50-50 there really. Um, I I always ask that question because I'm I'm intrigued to know um, how how you both work how you both operate my wife couldn't give a toss what I do really I'll start talking to her about refurb she says you can remember refurb numbers but you can't remember anything that I said or or any time and so I suppose you know you, you both being involved in the business works really well
1: it does apart from it's very difficult to then switch off yeah so, like, we went to Ibiza in September to finalize all of our wedding stuff and I was like the business is fine we are actually having time off we haven't had time off in so long and disturbed and then like George would keep disappearing from the pool and I'd look on my phone and then like what's that were coming up in the group and I was like oh my god this boy like he can't <laughs> he can't switch off so th- th- I'd say that would probably be the downfall isn't it like yeah. even when we walk the dog we're like right this is an hour no business zone and then it's like 10 steps in it's like oh I had this idea
0: yeah I <laughs> but yeah like you say it's trying to compartmentalize isn't it business mm. and personal life but when you're living together working together running a business together it's probably probably difficult and like you say you sound bored off each other you you've got an idea like brilliant let's do this yeah um oh no, sounds good so what what's, what's the future hold then barring weddings um, I'm talking more business and property, but like, <laughs> you've, you've obviously got your stuff ongoing at the minute. What, Where do you see your business going in, in the next few years?
1: Good question. I think for us, we've got some quite high targets that we want to meet from a, a rental perspective. So we hold the majority of the stuff we buy. Um, I'd probably say about 80%, 90% we hold. We're, we're big into... I know you can make some really good money doing flips. Like we do sell the majority of our conversions, but we want that income coming in every month. Um, I think the goal for us is as we ramp up the businesses, um the staff will take more of a lead on do god property. I mean, we've got our overall manager coming in now who's gonna kind of step in front of us and, and take over and we'd be way like escalation points. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, we definitely wanna massively ramp up the portfolio um, so that we can probably have a bit more time out. I think especially through COVID, uh, it actually did our, we did really well through COVID um, in terms of business just went crazy. I think a lot of people were at home wanting to invest, wanting to use sources so that was really good for us um but we worked ridiculous hours and and burnt out and went through some like proper bad times I'd say as well mm. we learned our like biggest lessons last year so I think what we're wanting to do now is instead of you know working super long days is we want to start having you know we only work three days a week for these set hours and and go from there and now we've put in years of effort trying
2: reap some of the rewards rewards. we want to be
1: traveling a bit more as well while still working so trying to fit it all in
2: yeah so i suppose in a nutshell essentially bringing a manager bringing in our manager to run the sourcing company but but it's the the person who we're bringing on is business growth. So yeah. um, we'll come in and find areas to grow the business with our escalation. So have a chat with us about the decisions, but mm-hmm. come up with the ideas and, and, and put them in place sort of thing. Um, we've already got some ideas between us. We've already been training him on the side. So um, we've got ideas of where we're going to go and take the company. It would be nice to get to, we're probably at around about 10 deals on average a month at the moment. So it'd be nice to get to 20 um, in the next couple of years. Um, <clears throat> Uh, On the side, uh, just scale our BRR portfolio at the pace we're sort of doing at the moment, which is probably, um, we have actually put ourselves on a bit of a ban at the moment with buying properties because our mentors told us off. Um, So we've put ourselves on a bit of a ban and it's probably a good idea because we want to actually enjoy our honeymoon as well. Um, So we're probably going to put ourselves on a ban now, but it would be nice when we're back, you know, when we're back and back in action, probably one a month we'd buy um, from the BRRs. And um and then on the flat conversion side, just just probably well, we're probably doing about three or four a year, aren't we? Yeah, one and, a
1: quarter.
2: And um and and just just stick with that for now. We don't actually have any massive um, steps forward apart from that um, at the moment because our goal at the moment is to get ourselves more time, mm. and then we'll probably get more time, and then be like, right, we need another business venture.
0: <laughs> yeah, need to fill it. <laughs> yeah, need to fill the time. Oh, well, sounds like you've got a, a lot of plans. I mean, one a month is, well, to some people, it might be really ambitious and difficult, but if you're sourcing them, you know, 10 a month anyway, you probably pick the best one. How do you go about sourcing? Like, what, what have you found um, as being your best strategy for sourcing? So, obviously, there's various ways. When you go on training, they teach you, like, leaflets, flyers, all that sort of crap. Like, that's not something I focus on. I think it's time intensive for very little returns. Um, social media, social media ads, uh, estate agents, like, what what do you find has been the most successful um, successful route for sourcing
1: agents?
2: Yeah, for us, it's just the agent relationships. Just building agent relationships. Um, that's one hundred percent been our biggest success. We have had success in 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 other things. For example, direct to vendor, um, some bits and pieces. Just our name around. Sorry about that, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, just some of the um, yeah our name being put around the valleys and the community and stuff. And, you know, if someone wants to sell a property um, and they want a quick cash sale, then they would come to us and have a chat with us. Um, To be honest with you, we've tried a lot of direct to vendor marketing and stuff. None of it's really come to much, but then again, we've never put in full amount of effort and consistency into things like letters. Whereas I know some people do get some good results from stuff like that if they're consistent, but they have to be like, very consistent as in like it has to be probably a year of just keep going every single yeah. week boom 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 and then you'll start seeing the results but um yeah our return on investments come a lot a lot better from from uh, building relationships with multiple estate agents
1: they do hold the majority of the market
0: though yeah so. yeah no you're definitely right there and you know a lot of people say about going in and buying them doughnuts, like they don't give a shit about that do they they just want you to buy the properties because at the end of the day they, they get paid when their property sells. Um, and you don't even need 20 agents. You only need a good three, mm-hmm. three or two, as long as they feed you the opportunities. Um, what's the stock like at the minute over in South Wales? I mean, I've spoken to agents and I've been asked for some stock. It's literally just not coming through as quick as it used to, just, just because the fact is, well, all being um,
2: sold. the stock sold. The stock isn't great, really, is it?
1: It's, 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 it's weird because I think, was it January? That I was absolutely mental. And it was like, okay, this isn't slowing down anytime soon. And then February... It, was it this way around February? It went really quiet and the agents were like, we need more. We haven't got enough. It's gone. It's, it's gone super quiet, but then it's ramped up again this month. So I feel like it's a bit wavy, but I do think at some point there's going to be, because obviously through COVID, a lot of, you know, probate and repossessions yeah. and everything got held up. And we haven't seen many of them come to the market at all. So I still think there's a huge backlog with solicitors somewhere with those. So I do think, in the coming months is going to be a huge load of, of those properties come through. But yeah, I think we're still, we've still got a good deal flow monthly. Um, but as you said, that's from like a handful of really good agents that we work with. But other than that, it's just.
2: Yeah. I, on, I, I, I can definitely see the market slowing down mm. though. Um, definitely. Um, you know it's come to the point now where things aren't really going any higher on price yeah um,
0: and but they're still they selling aren't. for a high price, which yeah. is the annoying thing, isn't it yeah
2: yeah, yeah, they are they are, but they're not going up any further yeah um and to be honest with you, like around South Wales as well like not things used to just fly off above asking from calls from London all this sort of thing and it just used to be absolutely mental, whereas sometimes now, um, you do actually get a call from an agent like you didn't used to, but sometimes you do actually get a call from an agent saying like, uh, you know, this has been on the market for a while. Are you interested? Like, um, But yeah. So um, yeah, it is, it, to be honest, the stock is low and it is absolutely bonkers still, but I think it's a little bit better than about a year ago.
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. And, you know, property's in cyclic, isn't it? It's in cycles. It might be the fact that back end of this year, loads more stock comes through and gives people a lot of opportunity. But I suppose when the market's like this, it's reassessing and how do you still continue? Do you pivot? Do you continue doing what you're doing, working harder, et cetera, et cetera. So that's quite an interesting point because a lot of people try to steer clear from agents. Um, you know, they, they never think that you can get good deals for agents, obviously you guys have proved that you can. Um, yeah. You know, I personally have done a lot of my stuff direct to vendor, just more through word of mouth, um, you know, more stuff with agents now. But what do you say then about investor finance? So you've got to deal, or not just investor finance, you're finding investors. So prim- primary uh, source of properties is through agents. How would you say you found the investors? Social media. Social media. Yeah,
2: social media is the the key. Um word of mouth is obviously a big one but to to be to to even start the word of mouth you have to advertise initially which mm. social media is is amazing and then obviously providing a good service so there's repeat business is is great but yeah social media um is definitely the number one that's where you're where we've attracted all of our investors i mean we have attracted a fair few from networking when we first started we did a lot of networking we don't do as much networking anymore um Mainly because of the return on investments, not as high um, as going on social media. Um, but, you know, sometimes we do go out networking. We do like to go and actually see people yeah. <laughs> physically. Yeah. And, uh, and it's quite, you know, we enjoy it as well. So, um, yeah, it's definitely networking is one and social media is is the next. And then obviously just provide a good service and, and have the repeat business and word of mouth then.
0: Yeah, it's, it's quite, um, I sort of asked that question. Preempting your answer. I probably knew it. Like I said, I, I see you guys post a lot. And the last, well, two sources that I've had on have said the same thing social media. Like, if you're not posting and you're not putting videos and photos up, like, you know, I've, one of the last guys, Sammy, was saying, you know, because a lot of people have a, a block about what their mates might think of them or what, mm. you know, people who aren't interested in probably might think, wow, you know, what are you posting all this shit for? But then, you know, Facebook al- algorithms put it in front of the people that you want to attract anyway, doesn't it, through likes right. and things. So, um i remember i first started doing my first live video absolutely trembling thinking bloody hell you know what am i talking about and it just comes more natural doesn't it the more you do it i guess um what platform do you find you works best i I tend to probably do instagram stories um Mm. and share it to facebook or i might do the odd well for investors i'll go down linkedin route now more i'm finding Mm. a lot more on linkedin
2: yeah i find they all have different different benefits like youtube sort of like your your bible when you're in your content and showing like your story like uh you know it's more videos more visual people can engage with you a bit more um
0: i'll be putting this on youtube by the way for everyone listening so um, i'll be putting
2: this yeah so that that's that's youtube it's like your bible it's like that that, that's good because you can get some video graphic content um LinkedIn's brilliant because you've got a lot of business people on there and you've got a lot of people actually going on that platform to do their business and their work. Um so yeah like you said there's a lot of investors that you can find on there so I do find LinkedIn is is brilliant for that. The only problem with LinkedIn is the amount of spam you get is ridiculous. Yeah, loads it's filtering through through that spam is just an absolute headache uh, it kills me but you get um, the same
0: messages from about 10 different people so like i usually find it's, <laughs> it's a specific mortgage broker like message and i get it from 10 different people and it's exactly the same copy
2: exactly exactly but the organ the organic reach is still sort of there as well yeah. with LinkedIn, which is which is good like we put a post out the other day and it got like we haven't posted on linkedin in a while we posted like for the first time in like two or three weeks And it just got 4,000 views. And it's like, that doesn't happen on Instagram or Facebook. Still got that organic reach, which is awesome. Um, George really enjoys social media. I have nothing really to do with
0: that. You're not not a fan?
1: I'm not very good with it. George enjoys it. And I'm, yeah, I just...
0: What I find with social media is like, if I'm on it, and I do so, like, yeah, I might post about it. But then by the time I actually sit down and think about it, it's like... Once I put my daughter to bed, it's seven o'clock, and I think, well, I'm not going to start doing videos about property now at seven o'clock while I'm sat <laughs> yeah. in the front room. But like, unless I'm out there doing it, then you know, I, sh- I should probably schedule posts, repurpose stuff, and and post it out. But it, it, social media is not my forte. Eh? Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. something it's not that right. I, I'd feel I, I'm good at. So i try not to. I should get a VA to do all the social stuff, really.
2: Yeah, we if, George, a- if
1: it wasn't for George, we wouldn't have social media because I would
2: we have a VA who does all the vi- video editing for us and repurposing content and, and stuff like that, which is cool that, you know, does all the hashtags to get a wider reach and all that sort of stuff does some engagements, but yeah, she's, she's brilliant. She helps us out a lot because really all I do is write the posts um, and do the, you know, Get some videos in and stuff like that, and she just repurposes it. But fe- Facebook as well—that's good because you can actually leverage other people, other people's communities and groups yeah. and stuff. And you know, you don't want to be salesy on them, but just coming in and offering your advice. And you know, I I I, I always go by what Gary V says: is if they go on like someone's post that's got a lot of engagement. Say, for example, it's got thousand likes and a thousand comments for example and put a meaningful comment on that post that really does mean something it's some really good advice and you've just leveraged off someone else's post and just got tons and tons of recognition recognition that's why isn't it yeah so that's um that's i like facebook because of the community element of it as well and it's also good to just actually build your knowledge as well like if you if you have a question about something, or you know, want to reach out to uh to, for recommendations of a certain trade, a certain um, you know, professional, you can put them into the into the groups and stuff, which is awesome. But Instagram is my favorite. Um that I left that till last because um I think it's brilliant. A lot of people are on the stories all day long. So and yeah. um, just documenting your journey all day long in the story, people are actually relating to you all day long and seeing what you're doing and almost becoming like a fan if you know what i mean uh, watching you um and um and obviously with the with the posts, try and post as much as you can as well i think because um people are all into visual content these days and that's what instagram's all about
0: yeah no i totally agree i think the reach you can get on insta i think i i did a video was it this morning or, or yesterday a video or post on the story it's like 176 people which yeah. isn't a lot but that was when, when i last checked it but then if you think to get in front of a room and for 176 people to actually look at what you're doing or listen to you is very difficult. And in terms mm-hmm. of like the time, you know, what, a couple of minutes to, to post on, on Instagram, do you do all the reels and that do, do you get involved with the reels?
2: Yeah, we've done a few reels. We usually do real, if we've got like a long video that we've done, like, um, I don't know. A full refurb beginning to end Something Or a full refurb. Then our VA will cut a little reel out of it, like a little thing to like sort of advertise it, because it, it's still got the organic reach. Like um, like I was saying, LinkedIn, it's still got quite a bit, you know, it's yeah. a new feature. So the algorithm sets it at the top. Um, So, yeah, uh, reels are, we do get involved in, not as much as we should should do, but, um, yeah, we do get involved with the reels now and again.
0: And you mentioned then, did you say home's under the do-guards? Yeah, we've got. Talk, talk us through that.
1: Uh, we've got some. Um, we've got some videos. We did a, quite a few last year, or the year before, and they were a real hit on um, on social media. And we hadn't. We we literally dropped off social media at one point, um, but we've just started booking them in again. And it's essentially we've got our videographer we book him out for the day to go on some of our properties we get good before videos and then he comes back and he does the after videos but we talk it through almost in like a homes under the hammer kind of style but we renamed it homes under the Do guard so yeah they're quite fun
0: oh, brilliant. i am um, for, for for my development i was going to do something similar like a before during and after walking around showing the plans you know all the architecture plans and I thought, how can I outsource this and do it on the cheap? So I emailed whole Uni and just like the media uh, lecturers and said, look, you know, local property investor, I've got this one going. Here's the details. Are there any students that might be interested in building like a videography portfolio? It would be on YouTube and all that. they basically come back and said, you know, hope you don't take this the wrong way. We wouldn't feel comfortable sending students to a guy we don't know in uninha- like uninhabited <laughs> properties. And I was like. Yeah, that's a real safeguarding issue. I didn't think of yeah. that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, OK, makes sense. I'm going to have to pay someone to actually do it professionally. Um, but I thought, yeah, I could try outsource it, you know, give a bit back, let someone else do something for their student portfolio. But um, yeah, I didn't really think that through, did I? <laughs> uh, but no, um, so how, how do people find, like watch that then? Is it on YouTube?
2: Yeah, it's on um We've got them on YouTube and Instagram. We've actually put it on our the full uh, videos full are on YouTube, YouTube though,
1: aren't they? They
2: just clicked on yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, Insta Instagram and um and YouTube are where the full videos are. YouTube's got all of them.
0: Okay. So where um you know, where, where can people find you then? what's your sort of your Instagram links, Facebook? Um how how can people find you?
1: Yeah, we pretty much do got property on everything. George yeah. Dugard on LinkedIn, Hannah Robson for now. For <laughs> on LinkedIn, <laughs> um, but yeah, we literally just do go property on all channels.
0: Yeah. yeah, and for people interested in investing, how, you know would they would you prefer them go down that way? Can they you know arrange a call for you? Um, yeah. Best to go on your website, put in a form.
1: The website's just about to be updated. Um, but it's still it's still live and in use now, so there is a contact form on there that goes through to um our team mailbox so yeah, through the message on social media um whatever works best for those, and then we can go from there
0: fantastic and I'm just gonna ask a few few questions before we finish and these are the questions that i well I ask most people um mm-hmm. what would you say has been the biggest challenge, whether it's you know in business property um you know it doesn't have to be property related. But what would you say the, business, the, the biggest challenge has been, um, what has it been working together? <laughs> working
2: <What do you laughs> with it? builders.
0: Yeah, oh, just I was going to say, what do you think? <laughs>
1: yeah, working with builders. <laughs> working oh, my goodness.
0: With... Is that because you have a lot of projects ongoing at the same time where you have to use different teams and you obviously, because of the scale you're at and the refurb, you can't have one team? Oh, I could give you a list of reasons.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> it's just every builder works completely differently. Um, some builders want 50% up front some builders want 20% up front some kick out their toys out the pram if you haven't paid them um, that instant they ask for it Mm. Um, a lot of builders don't like to turn up
0: (laughs) yeah there's a thing going you know I used to work in construction um, years ago in London that nothing fancy but you know, you'd be on a job or stuff like that. Geezer, who's working on the same bit if you neck like the day before, just ain't locked up. Or, or mm-hmm. you know, you've got a plaster that's supposed to come in the house on the weekend because he's doing a Saturday. You know, you, you're there to let him in, they don't turn up. It just wastes your time as well, doesn't it? It's infuriating.
1: It, it, I think we've got every story <coughs> under the sun. We've come across every rogue builder in South Wales, I think. Yeah. We've heard police on jobs. We've had, we've found people sleeping on jobs, smoking weed on jobs. We've had, Oh, all sorts. We've
2: had it
0: all, basically. We,
1: yeah. But, but I think at even, least we
2: know who not to use in
1: South Exactly.
0: West. Yeah. You got, you've <laughs> kissed a few frogs, really, haven't you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's like you said, even with the ones that we work with really well, there's always problems, isn't there? And even if it's down to the sheer amount of work they've got on, every builder still wants to say they want more. Um, it's a real rarity that you get someone who says, no, hold fire, I'm, I'm at my capacity. Um, and it's just managing you know, the expectations between clients and builders and when a builder, as we've just mentioned, when a builder says something is going to be done and or oh, how long it will take to be done,
0: double. I mean, it. Yeah, double yeah, it. you always <laughs> add a bit on, don't you? Yeah. You had a contingency on for your refurb cost and you had a fucking yeah. massive one on for your, your refurb time. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, fantastic. And uh, I, I find solicitors, not not necessarily my one, my one's are right, but when vendors and um, buyers have their own solicitors like bleeding a stone um, oh,
1: yeah.
0: trying to get the information out and said oh i've sent it to this person well i haven't received it and you just think like there yeah, must I'm be a way and i think
1: for. yeah
0: they're, they're, I, I think the next big thing in the property space has to disrupt the um solicitors so do you know like agents are getting information i think zoopla were looking at doing it getting a, a, a like a contract pack ready for that the solicitors to take every all the hassle up front, you know, the agents and sources or whatever, be able to have a checklist of things that they can build
1: yeah,
0: ready to give to a solicitor. And I think something needs to happen. And, you know, I know deeds need to be wet signature. Anything over three years needs a wet signature, but there must be a way where things can be systemised um, in order to speed up the conveyancing process. Because even, yeah. it, you know... Yeah, that would be amazing. I, yeah, so anyone listening out there who can do that, um you know
1: let us know <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: let us know what do you say has been the biggest achievement
2: um I think the biggest achievement is getting our time back mm. um I know a lot of people probably are thinking why would that be your biggest achievement but um you know it for us we we came into this for a bit more freedom a bit more time um you know we're never gonna stop working because we we're entrepreneurs at the end of the day we like working and we keep our minds occupied and stuff but there was a stage where last year we were working 12 14 hour days every day seven days a week living off takeaways just takeaways, just absolute mayhem uh our life was chaos um it's taken us almost almost 15 months to refurbish our own house because of it um so yeah it's um it was bonkers. So our biggest achievement was actually being able to transfer, transform things around um, stop services that we didn't particularly enjoy or wasn't giving us the most profit and sort of narrowing our focus on um, Mm. and and bringing some time back into our life so we can actually enjoy our lives. That was probably our biggest achievement. I would say, what would you say? I agree. Yeah. A
1: very close second I think would be, so my dad's quite old school. He's worked in it for I mean, since he finished college, well, I mean, yeah, at 16, he'd been in IT. And when I said I was going to leave my full-time job, or even when we opened the business, my dad was the one who was very much like, don't leave your job, don't do this. Like, this is your safety blanket. This is your pension. This is that, this, that, and the other. Um, and we've just hired him. He's really? coming up full-time with us, so he's left his job. So I think he's come full circle being so scared to now being like, no, let me be part of it, I want to be part of it. So I think that was a huge achievement, changing his mindset.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that is amazing. The fact that, you know, you probably freed up a lot more of his time and he's probably going to be, you know, potentially more happy. Uh, more happy, that doesn't really sound grammatically correct, does he? But, um, <laughs> but no, I, I agree, like my, my dad's the same. I sort of did everything he said not to do. No, I I did the opposite of everything he said, you know, leave school at 16, get a job. You know, went sixth form, I was joining the army, ended up moving up north. He was like, don't go travelling, don't go to Australia, you'll regret. You know, I went and best thing happened, don't start a business, you know. But it's because it's unknown to them, isn't it? Like, it's completely different. It's changing their mindset. It's a mindset shift. Like, even even when I was leaving my full-time job, even now, you sit there and think, well, maybe not yourselves, but like, obviously going into it, you need to make sure that you aren't really gonna screw it over. You've got to work hard. Like you you're your own boss, you've got to breathe down your own neck. You've got to make sure that you're working the hours. Cause if you don't and you're not getting paid then it's all, all gonna fall apart, isn't it? But yeah. oh, that's a great achievement. I bet your dad's tough, isn't he what's it has he demanded like double the salary on half half the work half the Will week's he- work.
1: We started training him and then he started emailing and we noticed on his email signature he said Chief Operations Officer. And we were like, Oh, we didn't give you that title.
0: <laughs> What's his role then? What's he do? Is he like outsourcing and that or
1: Yeah? So he's gonna he's gonna come on and he's essentially gonna take over the day-to-day for the sourcing company and he's gonna run that and do the business growth. Um, which would be really, really fun, I think. So we can start to we can focus more on the strategic stuff um as well as building our portfolio alongside so yeah it'll free up some of our time and he's he's always gone into departments and businesses and and grown them and he loves the the team element and growing a team so it just it's him all over
0: how do you feel about bollocking your your new father-in-law george if he steps out (laughs) of line (laughs) I just said if he ever
2: needs a bollock, in Hannah can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Daddy's little
0: girl; she'll be alright. She won't get in trouble.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: no, that's great work. Um, listen, we're sort of coming to a close now, but I just want to say, thanks for coming on the podcast. You know, lots of value. Um, I recommend people, you know, getting in touch if you are following you on socials, because like I said I've sort of seen from from the background from from when you first started out full time um, to where you guys are now, and you've absolutely scaled it and done amazing. So uh you know, pleasure pleasure to speak to you both. I think it's the first time we've actually probably, probably had a chat, isn't it? Um, yeah. Probably met. So, you know, our paths might cross in, in the future. Um, I, I might come down to sunny Cafili one day. Who you knows?
1: <laughs> Do it. We'll show you the ropes. Yeah, show to you- be fair, I'm
0: actually, I was actually supposed to be on a stag through May um, in Wales. I don't know if it's north or south, but I'm in the Littland, so, um on a nice. on drinking ban in May. <laughs> yeah. And especially in Wales, a bit too far back to Hull if, uh, if it's mm. into labour. But it's a pleasure coming on. I'll, um, I'll keep you updated. I'll post all your information like your, your socials and that on the show notes for people. Brilliant. Thanks very Thank much. you very much. No worries. Take it easy. Thanks. Thanks for listening to a whole load of property,
1: business and mindset. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you like the podcast, Please share it to others. In the meantime, to connect with Dan, follow him on Instagram at dancooper1992. Until next time.